In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. The last few weeks have been show and tell with Jesus. Jesus has been showing us and telling us what sort of church he wants. And today Jesus comes back to give out his first job review. With his words of witness and his acts of mercy over the past few weeks, Jesus has been thinking beyond himself and seeing beyond himself and doing beyond himself. Jesus has been stretching out to the little, the last, the least, and the lost. Jesus has been making himself a church in his own image, rich and think, thick and dense, sacramental and communal. And Jesus has been doing all of that, all of that good work in the midst of a thin, tired, needy and broken, sinful world. And he does all of that for one reason. Jesus wants his children back. That is who Jesus is, and that is what Jesus wants, and he wants it from us, his church. Today, in the gospel, Jesus pushes all of this even farther toward its goal. When he promises to die for his church on the cross, he then began to teach them many things, that the Son of Man must suffer and die and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Until today, St. Peter had been on the bandwagon. Why is that? I suppose it was for a lot of reasons, but one of them was that Jesus is popular. Jesus is popular, with most folks at least, because he has something for everybody. Jesus is popular because he is wise, so he can hold his own with the lawyers and the linguists and the prophets and the politi political operatives and everybody who plays Sudoku in their spare time. Jesus is also popular because he is kind, teaching and feeding and touching and healing those whom nobody else will tend. And so those people come to see him as part soup kitchen and part doctor and part Freud. Jesus is popular, wise and kind because he does what nobody else can do. He can make your head and your heart and your wallet all stop hurting at one time. Naturally then, St. Peter has been thinking to himself, Jesus in and the Romans out. Jesus for president and Peter for vice president. What a world that would be. So today in the gospel, when Jesus says, my greatest hour will not be in the White House, but upon the cross, Peter's world starts to come apart and the apostle stops Jesus short. Pulling him aside, Peter says to Jesus something that sounds like this. You give a great speech and you kiss a great baby, but you don't know anything about political strategy. And if we miss this chance, it will be all your fault. And then what does Jesus do? Well, he does lots of things, but 
it can all be boiled down to this. Jesus is honest. Jesus is honest with St. Peter. We, especially we who are church folk, we claim to like honesty, and in some ways we do. If nobody lies or cheats or steals, if nobody bounces me a check or sells me a bad refrigerator, then my life is easier and the world is a better place. But if things go the other way, I am not so happy. And I find that we do not like honesty as much as Jesus likes honesty. Why not? Because in one sense, real honesty is like a job review. Now, there are all sorts of ways to do a job review, but in its simplest form, a job review really boils down to this. Do this and don't do that. We are normally pretty good when somebody tells us, do this. And so in the gospel for today, when Jesus quizzes the disciples, who am I? And Peter gets the right answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answers, well done. You didn't get that from men. That was the Holy Spirit who revealed that to you. When all of that happens, when Jesus tells Peter, keep going, Peter is very satisfied with himself. But you and I are not so good when we are told to stop doing something. That pinches us even when it comes from Jesus himself and even when he is being honest. It pinches us emotionally. I am, after all, Saint Peter. It pinches us practically. Most of us have plans and we do not like to have our plans frustrated. But beyond our emotions and our plans, there is a theological reason that Jesus pinches us with his honesty. The ego is a sturdy thing, especially when it is reinforced by original sin. And we just don't bend very easily. Push us and we push back. We don't like changing. We don't like losing. We don't like giving in. We don't like being at point number two, even if it is God himself who is at point number one. So today when Jesus gives St. Peter his very first job review, do this, go ahead and confess me as Christ, but don't ever do that again. Get behind me, Satan. Don't stop me from going to the cross. That honesty, real honesty, is too much for St. Peter. I don't know if you have ever noticed, but when we are confronted with honesty, especially the honesty of Jesus, we often do what St. Peter did. We create distance. We push honesty away, which means we push Jesus away. We push his cross away. We push away the suffering of being a disciple. We push away his words of witness and his acts of mercy. And we push others away too, so that we can have our way, not his. That pushing, 
that distance breaks the body of Christ. It breaks the church, and it breaks the community that Jesus wants us all to have. On the other hand, Jesus is not like us. Jesus never uses honesty to push us away. Though he can at times be brutally honest, Jesus never uses honesty to create distance. Instead, Jesus uses honesty to draw us close to him. You might think again about the story that way. Jesus is completely honest today with St. Peter. It's the only way to save them. It's the only way to have the church I want to have. It's the only way I've got to go to the cross. Then, G then Peter tries to sweep all of that away. No cross, no Christ, no suffering, no pain. That will never happen to you, Lord. But Jesus doesn't flee him. Jesus actually moves in closer, not to coddle him, but to rebuke him, to be honest with him. When you talk like that, Peter, you are a devilish man. Stop doing that. It is his very first job review, and it levels the apostle. But then comes the most interesting thing. Get behind me, Satan. That is tough talk, of course, and that is, of course, where Satan belongs, behind Jesus, way, way behind Jesus. But it is also where disciples belong, following in Jesus' footsteps. So Jesus doesn't use his honesty to push Peter away. Instead, he uses his honesty to restore Peter to his proper place, behind Jesus, but close behind Jesus, in his footsteps as a disciple. Jesus doesn't say, you're fired, you're done, or you're damned. Instead, Jesus draws him up near and restores Peter to his proper place. So close that Jesus will eventually say to Peter, take up your cross and follow me. Now, Peter will have some more glitches. In Gethsemane, he flees Jesus. And in the courtyard of the high priest, he denies Jesus. And on Easter morning, Peter is dazed and confused. But eventually, Peter makes it to the tomb. And Jesus gives him a pretty good speech to say on Pentecost. And Peter writes some bang-up letters about being the community of faith, what it means to follow Jesus Christ together. And he ends up being the first bishop of Rome. And he does all of that before the cross that he took up does him in until he dies. In the past few weeks, we have learned that Jesus is wise and kind. And he has shown that to us in acts of mercy and words of witness. Today we learn that Jesus is also honest. He tells us, he shows us, he asks us 
to be just in close behind. And to do that not only for him, but for the little and the last and the lost. He begs us to keep pace and to drop anything that would create distance between him and us. He does this because he wants a church on his terms, as his community for the life of the world. That is the church that Jesus wants, and it is the church that Jesus will have here. And we can be a part of it if we will only have his gifts and live for the one who with his words and deeds and honesty and cross saves us. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.